0: Welcome to the Wolf Mother Podcast. My name is Dana Harkis. And as always, we will begin with three deep breaths. So take a deep breath in through the nose, softly out of the mouth, deep breath in again through the nose, softly out of the mouth. Last time, deep breath in, hold it, make it a big, big breath, hold it at the top, hold on. Three, two, One, let it go. Today's topic is going to be Samhain. The Halloween season and the energy that follows with the veil being the thinnest. And so there's a lot that I want to say on this, because if you've been around for a while, then you know that the turning of the wheel is extremely important to me. It is something that I have pretty much always followed along with, one, because, I already live within a cyclical nature within myself, being a bleeder, I worship the earth, and she is cyclical in nature. But I do also feel like following along with the wheel of the year keeps me on track almost. Um, like it continues to keep me going like I'm reminded like the wheel is going to turn again the energies are going to turn again. So really important to me. There's a lot of things that I do want to touch on today. So the reason why I wanted to make this episode specifically is because I get a lot of questions from people who are not my clients about this time of the year about what they should or should not be doing. And I am not here to tell you what you should or should not do. Like, let's just get that, like, first and foremost. I can tell you what I do and what I recommend, but at the end of the day, you still need to follow along with what you feel is most important. I want to start out by actually, um, this is going to be like a little nerd out for anybody that's a like into like linguistics. Um, and just language in general. So there is a Welsh um, woman. I I don't know how to say her name. I think it's Myra, mira Sterling. It's, it's a beautiful name. I'm definitely butchering it and I apologize for that. But she is... A Welsh um, practitioner. And so I've really enjoyed learning from her, sharing about her experiences. So the thing that I want to talk about is the names of these things, right? So everyone sees the way that uh, "Sawin" is written and it looks like Samhain. And what's interesting is that I have met practitioners that do believe that the traditional way to say it is Samhain. But now, now like stick with me here. So there's someone called Gerald Gardner. In the 1900s, there's someone called Gerald Gardner and there's also someone called Aiden Kelly. So when it comes to something that we just celebrated, which was the autumn equinox, right? The way it's written out, that we would pronounce it in the United States is Mabon, right? And then online, you see that people say like, oh, like it's actually pronounced Mabon. Well, I was listening to this Welsh practitioner who is absolutely amazing, Um, and she was talking about the fact that from Welsh Welsh mythology, it would actually be said Mapon, like almost M-A-P-O-N and then I spoke to someone else who is also a native native Welsh speaker and she was like well no it's not really like map on but that's the way that I've been describing it to clients and the way that I can describe it for myself without having their little bit of an accent. So it's quick um and it's map-on. Like I guess mabon like map but not I don't know they say it so beautifully um but it's not mabon it's not Maiden, it's Mapon. So I thought that was interesting because this guy that I just brought up, Aiden Kelly, in like the 1970s, just gave the Autumn Equinox that name. And so it's so important to remember that with a lot of these traditions that haven't been preserved correctly or were originally um, shared um, in Gaelic, like it's, it's the game of telephone. Right. And so with the game of telephone, people pronounce things wrong. People get the lineages wrong. They share the stories wrong. But Mapon is actually um, a Welsh deity that has nothing to do with the autumn equinox. And I just find it so interesting because I wish there were more practitioners that one were aware of this. I, as a practitioner, was not aware of that until this year, which I found so interesting and love deep diving into. and then that just made me think because like I said I had I've met practitioners in the past who have brought up the fact they're like yeah well I don't say saolin because that's not actually how it's said that's how neo-pagans um, say it. And I think that that's so interesting. So when it comes to, I am, oh, and the reason why I brought up the the name Gerald Gardner before is because he is the one who said, it, again, in the 1900s, um, as spirituality is like rising and it's not much of a taboo, it's still very taboo in the 1900s. Um, whereas now in like the 2000s, I mean, It's right now in 2023, it's like cool to do spirituality, right? Um, But he also was like, oh, it's pronounced Samhain. And so you have people from all over the place um, that I was even reading something else. And this woman was talking about basically her father's side says Samhain, while her mother's side says Savna, like totally out of left field. Um, And she grew up Irish. And so all I can tell you when it comes to like the linguistics of this word and the linguistics of all of these words is that you may be pronouncing it correctly. You may be pronouncing it incorrectly. I have no idea who the fuck is right at this point. Um, And so although this time of year is a big celebration for me, I am just like not even using a word for it this year. I'm basically just, I just keep saying like the... The veil is the thinnest. We are at the time where the veil is the thinnest. We have a lot of things happening, a lot of energies happening. It's the greatest time to work with the dead, right? We have like Dia de los Muertos, we have All Saints Day when the Saints are like venerated. Obviously, we also have Halloween in this time as well. So anyway, it's just very it's just very interesting. And I felt like there are definitely some people who are also practitioners that listen um to this podcast that would find that very interesting so now that i've kind of got in that little um moment out of the way if you are a native Welsh speaker or native Gaelic speaker or native Irish speaker, and your family has passed things down that has to do with the celebration of Samhain or just this time of year, please feel free to like reach out and let's have a a conversation about this or like comment on wherever it is that you're listening to this that you can comment on or find me and let's have a conversation because I think that would be really fun. I love learning and I think other people do as well. Now let's take a deep breath because I just said a lot of things that some of you are probably like, I don't even know what that, I don't even know what you're fucking talking about. Deep breath in, deep breath out. Beautiful. Okay. So now the veil is the thinnest, right? Like let's get to like what the questions are usually asked. I am not going to tell you the things that you can find on the internet you know what i mean um i'm going to tell you what i do for myself because i think sometimes we rely too much on what we see on the internet and a problem that i have with that is who wrote that like who said to do that and why did you trust to do that because spell work is powerful ritual work is powerful and If we don't have the correct protection around us when we do certain things, we can allow energies to enter into our auras and our energy centers that maybe we don't actually fucking want there. So that's an important piece as well. So let's start off with that. Um, Protection. If you do not know how to energetically protect yourself, that is going to be the number one thing that you're going to work on this season. You're not, everything else that I'm going to say, you're not even going to work on. You can listen to what I'm going to say. I hope you do listen to what I'm going to say. But if you do not know how to energetically protect and cleanse yourself on a day-to-day basis, you're really going to need to learn, one, what that means, and two, what that looks like because, a lot of practitioners and a lot of people from all different backgrounds and religions are working with their modalities that they know at this time. So energy is just much more kind of chaotic. And at the same time, in the same breath, we also have the fact that the veil is the thinnest. So spirits are much more easy to come in and out connect with us as somebody who talks with the dead all year i don't necessarily like i'm grateful for this time of year um but i speak to them the whole year it's not something that i save for this time of year this doesn't mean that you need to be speaking with the dead all year like i can't express that enough because sometimes i've said that to people and they're like oh my god i'm supposed to be speaking with the dead all year that is one if that's in your practice two if that's even comfortable for you because it can be uncomfortable it's also a lot of fucking work sometimes um cuz sometimes they don't shut up like yes you need to set boundaries with the dead that's a totally different i um, maybe it's actually not a totally different conversation um but that's an important piece sometimes if you do speak with certain spirits and you connect with them um you need to set boundaries with them so i guess that falls under like the protect protection and cleansing. So now, what's an easy way to protect and cleanse? One, first off, you can just use, like there are a ton of meditations that you can use online where basically you'll just be doing energy work on yourself to basically put like a protective bubble around you or you'll do a cleansing meditation while you're kind of like imagine the water coming upon you but in another sense i can also give you like the cleansing and protection there are crystals that you can specifically wear that will protect you against like certain things um and you can go to any crystal store and i'm sure you can talk to the people that work there and they will help you those are like really easy ways that you can cleanse and protect. Um, also, another one that I offer to people all the time is washing your hands. That's cleansing. Thank the water for coming out of the faucet that you actually have running water because not everyone in the world has running water. Use that moment to connect with the water and ask the water to cleanse you, you know? And then you can like kind of take it deeper. Like I have a whole thing where I work with regular water and Florida water and I take it over my energy centers and I cleanse all of my energy centers, not just like the seven that everyone knows, which is like the chakra system, but also the other energy centers that we have, um, that's not what this conversation is about, but there are more energy centers than just those seven that like everyone pretty much knows at this point in time. So that is that cleansing and protection is going to be your first thing. If you're trying to do anything this season. Now moving a little bit further on, if you don't already have an altar, I highly suggest having an altar. I literally don't care if the only thing on your fucking altar is a cup. Like, take that cup and put water in it or put dirt in it and just leave it there on like a little ledge or something and boom that's your altar that's it if that's your altar and that's your place to pray that's your place to pray now i'm just saying that for anybody who's listening who's like oh i don't already have an altar boom it's really easy to start off with an altar like it it is not hard if you want a whole podcast on altars i can do that um so just let me know but now i'm for those of you that are listening on spotify or apple music i'm turning behind me so i have my altar set up behind me usually my people um actually stay in we have a specific ancestral altar that stays in the bedroom away from our meditation and ceremony room um that's specifically just for the ancestors but at this time of the year we bring it into the meditation room we bring all of the ancestors out we have them on display and that's kind of following that you know the the beauty of understanding dia de los muertos because they honor their ancestors with such reverence and love and respect at this time of year so for me it's important to have my ancestors out there because as the veil is the thinnest if for some reason one of my ancestors has been trying to tell me something all year and i have just had too much of my boundaries up i like for them to know that this is the time of year that like listen i know i haven't been listening to you as much but here's your chance rant to me about it so i've got all my people have been moved back in here um and i've got also some deities that i work with that are specifically For the dead so i have the norse goddess of the dead on the altar and i also have the egyptian goddess of the dead on the altar and for me they're both really important and here's the thing you might be listening to this and you're like oh my gosh like you work with death death is so important to work with not just this time of year but all of the time i had a teacher who i really appreciated I want to say four years ago now, who was like, I want you to start meditating on death. I have a fear of death. And it's important that like, if we recognize that we have a fear of death, that we work with that fear of death. Again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, why isn't she telling me spells to manifest or spells to this or that? That's not what this podcast is. I'm telling you like my experience um, and what comes up for me at this time of the year. Understanding death is something that I work with all year, but especially around this time of the year, I have to really sit with the idea like life, life in a human body is finite, but life in its existence is infinite. And that's a beautiful thing. And death is not to be feared because death is gentle death is bringing us to a place that we've been to before that is comfortable some of you are going to listen to this and this is not going to resonate with you and i don't want to freak you out and i totally understand that but for me at this time of the year it's really important to sit with the idea that one day i will be an ancestor Hopefully on somebody else's altar and somebody will leave out libations for me and somebody will think, oh, I haven't spoken to so-and-so in a while. I should go and talk to Dan. And so this is kind of a difficult thing. There are certain people on my altar that I know what they like. And so when I leave out their libations, when I say libations, like we're giving offerings, we're giving drinks, we're giving food, we're leaving out flowers. Specifically though, on this altar, there are not any flowers right now, and that is because the Norse deity of death specifically likes dead flowers. And so I have a bouquet that I'm letting die. Um, There's one rose that's dying currently on the altar, but I'm letting the rest of the bouquet die so that I can put the dead flowers on the altar. But when it comes to specifically um, the Day of the Dead or Samhain or Halloween, I will have fresh flowers for my other ancestors that are sitting on the altar that would like fresh flowers. And again, like I know my grandfather Lou used to take his tea with one tea bag, a little bit of milk and lemon. You know so like i'll make that for him we also have um vincent on the altar who like i always make sure there's tito's in club to celebrate anything that he wants so if you have someone that has passed on that you can leave something out for them that you know they will like great but for those of you that are listening to this that you're like i have no fucking idea what my ancestors would like my ancestors don't even connect with me hold on i'll answer that in a second man this is going to be long sorry guys um so first you can leave out whatever you want you can just leave out a cup of coffee you can leave out like just like the overarching things like you want to get flowers get some flowers you want to leave out a cup of coffee leave out a fucking cup of coffee you want to just put a glass of wine or a shot and a cup of water, that's totally fine. Now, for those of you that are like, again, Dan, I don't have an altar. I'm just putting out a cup of water and this is my new altar. Just make sure that you are leaving out fresh water. Clean your altars. Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't even start with that. If you already have an altar, have you cleaned it? Oh God, clean it. (laughs) Clean your altar for this time of year. Could you imagine being an ancestor and someone calling upon you on a dirty fucking altar? Um, not saying that it's not done, but I think it just makes it easier if you are trying to connect with the dead and you don't already have a practice of connecting with the dead. If you have a very inviting space, if it's nice and clean, um, so that they can come and sit with you now. Okay. Brought up something else. And, um, that was the point of, If you're like, my ancestors don't even connect with me because you would not be my first person to come to me and be like, I have tried so hard to connect with my ancestors and they do not come through. If you're new here, then you probably haven't seen a post that I put up, I want to say three months ago. Not all of your ancestors love you and not all of your ancestors have your best intentions in mind some people are assholes like think about the assholes that you know in your life or maybe you already have a family member who's a dickhead and then think about them passing on you might be like wow like I can't even imagine them wanting to do good for me in the afterlife there are some ancestors that don't wish you well and there are some ancestors that are too embarrassed with how they've acted in their lifetime on earth so they won't come forward and that was a really interesting one for those of you that are practition oh, for those of you that are practitioners that are listening to this um that communicate with the dead it was very interesting for me wow just totally lost my train of thought oh it was very inter- hello it was very interesting for me to connect with someone who was like I'm I'm just too embarrassed like I love this person. But as an ancestor, I can't step forward because I'm ashamed of what I've done in this life. And like, I need to come to terms with what I've done before I can actually step forward and connect and communicate with them. Really, really, really interesting. So now let's go on to the next point um, that I'd like to make. Right. So now we have our altars cook for them make them a fucking meal you know like there's something really beautiful about that if you've came to any of my wheel of the year classes you have watched me put food on the altar if you've came to any of like our ceremonies this year you've seen food go on the altar and sometimes it's not cooked food sometimes i just throw up whatever food you know kind of that we have but there's something really beautiful especially this time of year um i am based in the northeast of the united states um that it's nice to like make a hearty like soup or a stew and place that on the altar for your ancestors. Also call your fucking ancestors in when you eat the ones that have your best intentions, right? Like now we've already solidified that. We're not calling in everybody and their mother. Um, but we're calling in our ancestors that have our best intentions in mind. They want to sit with you. They want to eat with you, put out a plate for them. When I was a child, um i started speaking with the dead when i was three and my parents noticed um and i used to get upset and i do remember this and my mom and i have spoken about this as i've gotten older that i used to get upset that my mom wouldn't leave out certain like uh like she wouldn't put out a dinner spot (laughs) for my ancestors who have passed on and it was only because i could see them that i would get annoyed with her like how rude of you that you're not putting out this extra plate for uncle kenny for nana sarah Uh, so on and so forth um which i think is really interesting and as i've gotten older i love putting out a bowl for one of my ancestors now i know some people have asked me do you eat the food that goes on the altar what we like to do specifically for us is that we like to burn All of the food if we have the opportunity to if we have the fire pit going and we can burn everything we will there have been other times where I have not been in the place to be able to do that and you really need to make your own discernment of what you can do. Now, if you are gonna throw the food in the garbage, I guarantee you, if you sit down and you put your hand over your heart and you say, ancestors, would you care if I ate this bowl of soup that I made you? I'm sure they'd say yes, and they'd rather you do that than throw it in the fucking garbage. Um, if you wanna throw it in the garbage, cause you're like, I don't want any of the energy from that soup. That's also totally fine. Again, you have to make your discernment for what is good. I'm making a very generic, overarching answer to the questions that I get with people. A lot of times when somebody asks me these questions one-on-one, I say to them, like, we would have to keep talking further. I do want to share a ritual that I love. Um, I have ancestors who are Italian. I have ancestors who are Greek. So as far as I know. As far as I know. Who who knows? Um, but that is what I've been told, right? And um, I love, after putting out food for them and getting them wine and coffee and drinks and um, enjoying that moment with them, I like to put music on that's like old Italian folk music, old Greek folk music. And I don't know how esoteric this is for people. And again, I'm making this for the public, so I don't know how this is gonna be perceived. When I have a conversation with a client, it's perceived well, but dancing with my ancestors. like I have sobbed in my grandfather's arms that has passed on and like like we just like danced together and then we were laughing and then i was just sobbing cuz i was like damn like i wish i could feel your human touch like this was so wonderful and beautiful and i'm so glad that we're connected right now so deeply but like i just miss your touch and that brings me back to the piece of death is so important for us to work with and understand that like there's a woman oh gosh what's her name um that there's a staircase of grief. Like people talk about the five stages of grief, but this woman specifically speaks about a staircase of grief and that like, you're always walking down the staircase of grief. And the reality is like, you'll never fully get over it. Cause even though that ancestor of mine had passed away years before, and of course I was okay with it because they hadn't been on this earthly plane in a while. In that moment, I was just overwhelmed with sadness that they weren't here to experience the sun on their skin, that they weren't here to experience like a cold, crisp day, that they couldn't touch me and dance with me in that moment. And that's what makes this time of the year so fucking special, no matter what your lineage is, no matter what your heritage is and your background, if you're religious, if you're spiritual, if you know you don't believe in any of this, then it's cool as fuck that you're listening to this right now. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to share that piece of like dancing with my grandfather. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that if you just carve out the time to connect, it does happen. I can't tell you exactly how to connect with the dead because for everyone else, it's going to look different. And it takes a lot of years of practice. And I recognize and understand that fact. but just know that it's possible. And so if this is your first year, or maybe it's your 10th year and you still don't feel like you're really connected with the spirit realm, try out some of these things. Go clean your altar. You don't have to put photos of people if you don't have photos of them. And maybe you just meditate on the idea of death. Maybe you just meditate on the idea that it's, truly a gift to live and it is truly a gift to die and we're not taught that in our society that it's a gift to live and it's a gift to die and we kind of have to come to that realization and those terms on our own and this is a really special potent and important time of the year to do that so i'm going to end that off here And I'd love to know what your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns are. And so that I can go forward and maybe answer them deeper. Maybe you guys have the same questions, like people coming to me saying, what am I supposed to be doing this time of year? There's nothing that you should or should not do. If you want to manifest, um, it's also eclipse season right now. I just want to put that out there. Like it's 2023, it's October 26 when I'm recording this. Um, It's eclipse season. Be gentle with yourself, you know, maybe manifesting, maybe just like, let it rock for a second. Like maybe just hold off and see how your energy moves over the next two weeks. Cause even when this eclipse hits on Saturday, you're gonna have two weeks of like a shadow period. So (laughs) maybe just chill with that. But if you feel inclined to manifest, manifest in the ways that you need. If you're like, I don't know how to manifest. The bay leaf method is always like a simple and easy one. If you have no other means, light a fucking candle in your room by yourself and give gratitude. Whatever it is you believe in, God, Krishna, Jah, the earth, your fucking lamp, I don't care what it is, just give and show some gratitude. And I'm sure that those who have passed on that have been watching over you will be appreciative that you took the time out of your life to do so. So thank you so much for listening on whatever platform and space you're listening on please like share rate whatever it is um that you can do to get this podcast to more people and so thank you so much for being here and blessed be to you and to yours